Let's go, gentlemen. We're back to Mesilai Yesharim. Nothing like Mesilai Yesharim. We take our time, though. You know, we were on this page the whole summer. You might think we haven't learned anything. We're actually only in the fourth line. Baruch Hashem. One step at a time. We said, Ze davar she'asechel yehayevehu vaday. Which means that thinking and being careful before you make decisions and thinking and being careful when you make a decision how to go to the next step that's called zehirut he says it's obvious it's obvious to every person that when there's danger ahead so you take precaution. You think before you act. The bigger the danger, obviously, the more careful you are. If a person has 10 cents in their pocket, they're not so careful that they might lose it. But if they have $10 million in their pocket, so obviously, they walk around with a lot more care to make sure that's safe. The bigger, the bigger the stakes, the more careful a person is. And it's obvious to all that this is the way life is. You know, in the, here in this words, he says, you have to use your brain, lehatsil et atzmo, to save yourself. You need to use your mind to save yourself. And to escape your complete destruction of the soul. Very strong words. First of all, what does he repeat? Lehatsil. Lehatsil et atzmo. You need to be careful. You need to think. Two things you're going to accomplish when you think before you act. A, you're going to save yourself. And then you're going to escape the destruction of your soul. Are those the same things? Are those two separate things? So perhaps. They're talking about two different areas in our lives that we're being careful is very important. One is to save yourself in this world physically, which means that there are obvious things in life where everybody's careful from. But then there are some not so obvious things. And those things, if you're not careful, you'll destroy yourself here. And then there are things that if you're not careful, you'll destroy your eternity. Eternity is something that's forever. A person is building their eternity in this world. Eternity is a very long time. So that means being careful is going to help you, A, save you, it's going to save you in this world, physically, 
save your happiness in this world. And it's going to help you escape the destruction of your soul. So there's a physical element here. And there's a spiritual element. Now, I think it's worthwhile to stop here and to think about what he's saying. So many things are being said in these few words. Number one, the way he describes why a person needs to think and be careful sounds like a person is already in trouble. Who is the person that needs to save himself? If a guy says to you, listen, I'm in big trouble. I got to save myself. A person who needs to save himself is a person already in trouble. And then the guy who needs to escape, that means the guy's already in some sort of maze and needs to get out. Which means, so beautifully said by the Mesilaya Sharim, he's telling you, and this is one of the big tragedies in life, is that we walk into life assuming that everything should go well. Sometimes people ask, when a marriage is not doing so well, they ask, what went wrong? You know what that means? What went wrong? It means in their mind, life's supposed to go smooth. And for things to go wrong, something has to go wrong. And people approach not only marriage that way, they approach raising their children. What went wrong? That's the, it's a terrible mistake to think that the road of life is supposed to go well. And for things not to go well, something has to go wrong. This is people's mindset in everything in life. You know, I'll give you a mashal. It's like a person who's on a train that's sitting on the tracks. And it's a guy who's riding in a boat in the ocean. Those are very different trips. When you're on the train, so so long as the train stays on track, you're good. Unless there's an outside influence that comes in and derails the train, the train is headed beautifully. It's going to get to its destination. There are no worries. Just be careful not to get affected from something on the outside that might damage the tracks and the road that you're on. There's another person who is riding in his boat in the ocean, getting to his destination. Now, this guy is not on any track anyway. If you're on a boat, you are already in danger. And you have to maneuver the boat to make sure you get to your destination. Because in the water, there are a lot of waves, there are a lot of different parts that will, for sure, you can't just stay on your boat and expect that the boat's going to get you to your destination as long as no 
outside interference comes in. That's not the road of a boat. The boat is already in danger. If you're on a boat, you're already off course. And in the boat, you got to maneuver to get yourself in the right place to go and reach your destination. Follow? Those are two different kinds of trips. You understand the difference? The train is going straight. It's supposed to arrive at its destination. As long as you're careful from an outside interference, you're good. A boat, you're already in danger. And you need to maneuver to make sure you get it to the right destination. Otherwise, not getting there. Now, most people live life like they're on a train. They just assume that things are on track. They get married, they assume they're on track to Gun Eden. Only problem is, they're not on a train. They're on a boat. And since they're on a boat, they're not going with this. They're not, they're not moving. They're not worried. They're not concerned. What's there to be concerned about? If you're on a train, just make sure you're protected on the outside. Make sure nothing terrible comes to your train and you're good. People do this in marriage. People do it with their children. People do it when they're teenagers. People do it when they get older. People do it with their friends. People do it all day, every day in all decisions. They don't worry about anything coming up. What's there to worry about? My train is moving. I'm on track. Hello? When you're on a train, or you think you're on a train, rather, but you're really on a boat, you're in big trouble. You know, being on a boat is already in trouble. But at least if you know you're on a boat, so then you know that you have to steer. But the worst thing that can happen on a boat is that you think you're on a train. And most people in life, in all their decision-making, feel they're on the train. And they just have to be careful from like major catastrophes from the outside, but their course of life is taking them to their desired destination and everything is good. They go in with confidence. Everything's going to be great. What's there to worry about? Everything is beautiful. Right. Right. That, that's, that's why nobody bothers to ask questions. When they get married, they don't ask questions. Watch they ask questions. It's going to be great. What's, what's the question? You have a child? Of course it's going to be great. What's the question? Yeah, you made money? Of course it's going to be great. What's the question? You know how to use your money. It's obvious what you're supposed to be doing every morning and every night. It's obvious how you live your life. Everything is obvious because you're on a train. You know, by the way, by the way, as an aside, side point, because only because Ike mentioned last week something. As an aside, this is the difference between pre-sin of Adam Arishon till the post-sin of Adam Arishon. Yes, what's the difference, Adam Arishon? Before he sinned or after he sinned? Before he sinned, he was on a train. 
humans were on a train, which means the normal way of their existence is to be pulled into all the right things, making all the right decisions. That was their natural pull towards Kiddushah and towards life that is perfect. They only had to be careful from outside influence that would derail the train. That's why the only thing Hashem had to tell Adam Arishon is be careful not to eat from the fruit. Why didn't he tell him what to do? Because it was natural. Because he was already on the train. He just had to be careful from outside disturbance. You understand? But after the sin, humanity got on a boat. And now, the evil, the Ra, is within us. Which means, the evil or the bad isn't there, it's here. And now, you got to steer your boat to the right place. Unlike Adam Arishon, where he didn't have to steer. He was going there, but he got external problems and it derailed him and now we're on a boat. So if you ever wonder what happened before Adam and after Adam, right, thank you, Ike, that was the question you asked last time. That, that's the difference. You follow? But now, now you understand why the Mesilad Yesharim says words like, hey, you got to think you got to save yourself. You know what that means? It means you're in danger now. You may not feel that way, but you're in a dangerous place. Every person that is alive today is in danger physically. Forget the spiritual world. You're in danger physically. Physically means your relationships are in danger. Your marriage, your family, the money that you might be making or the money you may not be making. The physical world itself is dangerous if you're not careful. That's why he says, Don't walk around confident that your life is going to a great place. Don't do that. And all the more so, how danger, how much danger you have spiritually. You're in a physical world. Of course you're going to be in danger spiritually. The spiritual world is hidden in the physical world. So, but he's telling you, even in the open physical world, even there you have to be careful. He says, as we learned, that it's only natural for a person to be careful when danger is ahead. And we already spoke about that last week. That he's coming to tell us that when something is natural, that means it's of the, big, of the most essence. But you should know that even though being careful is natural, 
There are different areas in life that we're not naturally careful. And the reason why we're not naturally careful is we don't see the danger ahead. So let's take example. When you have like a fire, God forbid, so that you don't need to be so wise to know, to be careful. Everyone could see fire because you see it with your eyes and you feel it with your body. So things like that, everybody's careful. Good? It's not the carefulness that they're picking up. Being careful is obvious. It's just you have to see the danger. So when it comes to physical danger, everybody could see that. But then in the physical world, there's a danger that's not so obvious. It's also in the physical world that's not so obvious. Decisions that you make for yourself about what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat, who you're going to be around, who you're going to stay with, who you're going to get married to, how you're going to act. All these things are also in the physical world. But they're not so clear because they're a little bit ahead in the future. The ramifications aren't right now. When the ramifications are right here, everybody could see, everyone can be careful. But when the decisions are not yet going to be experienced, it's only, a, it's only a, into the future, so that's a little harder to see. When it's harder to see, not so natural anymore to be careful because you don't see danger. The spiritual world is even harder to see. That's even more removed from the person. So therefore, even though, says the Mesilad Yesharim, that it's natural to be careful when there's danger, but you have to know there's danger in order to be careful. So the physical danger now, obvious everyone's careful. The danger physically that's a little bit coming forward ahead, you know, my kid in 15 years from today, okay, now he's good. Decisions you're making now can make a big influence on him in 16 years, but you don't see that right now. It's good, it's fine, there's no danger ahead. Your marriage, hey, you know, where's it going? Right now you're in love, everything is great. You think everything's going to be perfect. Wait, time is coming. There's going to be some rocky roads that you don't think about that too much. And so on with so many, so many thousands of decisions that the ramifications are a little bit up the road or a little bit down the road. Those... Although being careful is obvious, but you have to see the danger. You don't see the danger. Now, you have to know something. This is a very important principle, I'm going to tell you now. And it's actually from the, the parasha we just read last week. It's actually Gemara. But you have to pay attention in order to appreciate what I'm about to tell you. Sometimes you could just listen at 30%, you're good. But this one, you have to listen close to 100% to understand what I'm saying. Okay? Look at this. 
I want to learn with you two Gemarot. Okay? Two small Gemarot. Each one is a beautiful Gemara on its own, but they seem not to fit with each other. The Gemara says, how do we know we're supposed to make a Beracha? So the Gemara says, well, the Torah says, meaning, when you eat and you're satisfied, make a beracha. So the Gemara says, wait, if you have to make a beracha after you eat, all the more so before you eat, which means that before you eat is a greater reason to make a beracha. So if I have to make a beracha after I eat, which is less of a reason, if for the less situation, the, the less the lower need is after I eat. If I have to make a beracha, then all the more so, I have to make a beracha before I eat. That's a greater reason to make a beracha. That's one Gemara. Another Gemara says, how do I know that he's supposed to make the birkota Torah? You go bless the to- on, on learning the Torah. How do you know you're supposed to make after you learn? Supposed to make a beracha. So the Gemara says, well, we know you have to make a beracha before you learn. And the Gemara says, if before you learn Torah, you have to make a beracha, all the more so, after you learn Torah, there's greater reason to make a beracha after you learn. Of course, you have to make beracha harona. Now, these two gemarot, they're completely on collision course. Which means, which one is a greater reason, a greater cause for a blessing? Before you do something or after you do something? Meaning, what's a greater cause of blessing the Creator? Usually, the more excitement, the more excitement, right? The greater the opportunity to make a berachah. So is the greater cause before you do something? Or is the greater cause after you do something? When it comes to food, Torah, the Gemara says, oh well, if I see that you're making a berachah for the lower cause, which is the after berachah, all the more so, you should make a beracha for the higher cause, which is before. But by Birkota Torah, to learn Torah, it says, well, if I see you're making a beracha for the lower cause, which is the before beracha, of course you'll make the beracha in the after, which is a greater cause. That's a contradiction. Make up your mind. Is it a greater excitement before you do something? Or is there a greater excitement after you do something? Answers like this. Pay attention. This is very, very, very relevant to almost everything we do in life. Here lies the huge difference between the physical pleasures and spiritual pleasures. This is the way Hashem designed the world. And look out. Look out. You already experienced it. You'll get more of it. 
And you have to know the differences. In the physical world, the excitement is before. Hashem created the world that the physical pleasures will feel so much more exciting. Feel exciting. But not in reality. It's a perceived excitement. And even if the excitement is real, it looks even bigger than that. Hashem made the physical excitement very big. Way more than the actual product. He makes you excited to eat. And the excitement to eat is much greater than the actual eating. And the satisfaction of being full. Going on vacation is way more exciting than the vacation. You know that. Everyone knows that. You get excited to go away. You're buying, you're packing, you're talking about it, you're booking, you're doing. Guy goes, for weeks he's talking about, where you going? Where you going? When are you leaving? Where are you staying? Right? You got you to go shopping, you got to do, you got to pack, you got to get there. Then finally you get there, there's nothing to do. What is there to do then? And then you realize you have to do things. Otherwise, when you come back, they're going to ask you, what did you do? So you have to like do things so when you come back you could say, oh, yeah, oh, 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 it was awesome. So therefore, before you have to do after, but during, the whole thing is a waste. You're much comfortable, more comfortable at home, relaxing, enjoying your couch. That's the way it works. The physical world, that's just an example, by the way. Many more examples, right? The physical world, Hashem designed it that the that the excitement before, you feel like you forget about it. Like you're going to go and it's going to be like not normal. But then after you realize, okay, well, no big deal. That's the way of the physical world. You're starving. You can't wait. Forget about it. After you eat, oh, I wish I didn't eat that. I don't want to see food anymore. I'm done. I had it. Hashem made the physical world because by nature the physical world isn't as tasty, not as enjoyable as the real world. There's a fake world and there's a real world and there's an in-between worlds. They are really fake things. There's in-between like food and different pleasures that are in-between. They're good as long as you enjoy them in the right way at the right time the right amount and then they are real pleasures when it comes to fake pleasures or the medium ones the way Hashem made this world is that you get excited before he put an excitement on them unexplainable excitement by the way it's unexplainable because by the way at, at our age already you know after you eat on Kippur you're going to have a stomachache you already know that but you're still excited Hashem created this excitement. It's an excitement for the physical pleasures. It's beforehand. Afterwards, it's either, oh, that wasn't good. Oh, no big deal. Or you're done. So the Gemara says, 
if you have to make a beracha after you eat, when it's no longer, the pleasure is gone, all the more so, the excitement before you eat, for sure you have to make a beracha. But when it comes to the spiritual world, it's exactly opposite. Hashem made the world when it comes to spiritual good decisions for your future, for your eternity, Hashem made it exactly opposite to give you a free choice. He made very little excitement in the spiritual world. You're about to make a spiritual decision. Want to go learn or do any other thing that's a good for you in the, in the long term? The first thing is, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Why would I want to go learn? Doesn't seem very exciting. Why would I do that? Every spiritual decision, whether it's modesty for a woman, modesty for a woman, she thinks she's going to go through Gehinam. When she's thinking about being more modest, what, what am I doing? Why would I do that? It's terrible. Why would I raise my children this way? I don't know. They're not going to enjoy. They're not going to have fun. Why would I keep Shabbat like that? I don't know. I want to I wanna enjoy my Shabbat. I, I don't know about that. Every time there's a spiritual decision, automatically a person gets all worried and lacks the excitement. They get nervous. They're not so excited to take on something spiritual. But the way of the spiritual world is that after you're in it, after you learn, after you start enjoying the learning, you walk out of learning and say, oh, I need more of that. Not like Mosaic Kippur after you ate. I got a stomachache. I need more of that. Okay, I got to go to work. What can I do? I need more of that. I need more Shabbat. I need more of that good taste. The spiritual decisions taste way better afterwards. When you want to raise your children the right way, in the beginning, scary. But afterwards, you start to taste the beauty of it. And you start to taste all the wonderful taste of a beautiful family that you had to sacrifice for before. This is the way the spiritual world works. So by the spiritual world, the Gemara says, if you have to make a beracha before, where it's so hard to enjoy, it's so hard to enjoy your future decision in the spiritual realm. How much more so when you got to enjoy it, where now you are truly experiencing this amazing pleasure and bliss and simha. Of course you have to make a beracha. This is the way Hashem designed this world. In the physical pleasures, it's exciting. It's more exciting than what it is. When it comes to spiritual, it's less exciting than what it is. And that's why when it comes to being careful, zehirut, when it comes to physical pleasures, it's easier to be careful because you see it in front of you. 
the spiritual world, Hashem hid the spiritual world behind your brain. So therefore, if you don't use your brain, you will never see what you have to be careful about. That's sitting behind it. This is the way of living life on a ship that we're on. Realize you're on this boat. Realize you have to steer it into the right place. You're the captain. And realize that you need to steer the right way. And if you don't steer, you're going, like he says, into a bad place. That's how a person approaches his thoughts and being careful in the decisions in the short and long term. Gentlemen, have a beautiful day. As the Hayrabah.